The psalmist in Psalms 42 and 8 said, The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song will be with me. In another psalm, Psalm 119 and 62, it tells us that midnight I will arise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgment. In Exodus, we know that it came to pass that at midnight the Lord uh, smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. We know in Judges 16 and 3 that Samson lay to midnight and then he arose and he took the, the gates of the city. In Ruth 3 and 8, it says that it came to pass that Boaz was afraid and turned herself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. In Acts 20 and 7, it lets us know upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together uh, to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech unto midnight. My wife went to a homeschooling conference yesterday, and she came home and she reminded me of a little saying. I, I used to have this worldly saying that would say, fake it till you make it. Anybody ever heard that? That's a worldly saying. But uh, she came away yesterday and the speaker said that you got to have faith it until you make it. In other words, sometimes you got to have faith. You got to have faith to be able to make it. And we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And there are going to be a lot of times in the life that you're going to have to faith it until you make it. In other words, there may not be no evidence. In other words, there may not be no credentials. In other words, there may not be no substance. There may be no proof of of God moving or, or acting in your situation. But sometimes you've got to just faith it until you make it. Sometimes you've got to call those things that are not as though they already are. Sometimes you got to be able to praise when you got to praise on credit. Sometimes you got to be able to pray when you don't even know how to say what it is that you want to say to God. Sometimes you may not even see God working and moving uh, in your life. And sometimes you just got to have faith to know that God is on the throne because anybody can sing songs while it's daytime, but it's at nighttime. It's in the troubles of life. It's in the storms of life. It's in the difficulties of life. It's in the times of life that we don't understand where God is or what God's doing. It's there that you've got to be able to just simply sell out and you've got to simply just simply have the faith in God to know that somehow, some way, you're going to get through. Somehow, some way, you're going to make it. Somehow, some way, God has already been dispatched. Somehow, some way, the 911 operator has already been contacted. Somehow, some way, God has already put his angels with charge over you, and you may not feel like it, it may not look like it, but somehow, some way, you are going to make it through your midnights. You know, today, if we had time, and I wish sometimes we had more time as a church, but I'm going to tell you today, I believe that there are midnights all over this building. And there are times where you, 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 you would have to look back right now and you may not even have a testimony to that time, but you just simply know that at that time when it was dark outside and it didn't look like that you were going to make it, somehow it was during that time that God picked you up and God carried you through that moment of your life in that situation, or in that circumstance. And so this morning, I'm just going to just simply preach on that word, midnight. 
And I want us to keep in mind what Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, said. That anybody can sing during the day. But it's the skillful singer. It's the skillful singer that knows on the inside that God is with him. That God is acting upon whatever it is that that person's going through. Whatever it is the doctors have said. Whatever it is that the conditions around you may look like. You've got a God that is on the throne, that he saw it, and that he is steadfast, that he is absolute, that he is concrete, that he is sure, and that he is authoritative. And he's with you above all things. And you're never by yourself. So this morning, out of this familiar text that we've all heard at one time or another, we're just going to kind of just grab a little piece of that. Uh, to set where it is that we're going to move this morning. But let's stand in honor of God's word. Let's say it together. This is the inspired word of God. In this word is the power to change lives. You guys sound good today. I forgot my glasses both services today. So that means I got to read in the darkness. And so, uh, so it must be something from the Lord. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, and at midnight, and at midnight, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful for your word. That it is a holy, absolute, inspirational, authoritative word. And Lord, in this crowd today, Lord, we've not come to just simply hear a sermon. We've not come to just simply hear a message about you. Some of us have done heard so many messages about you. We're so familiar with you, Lord, we've done forgot about your power and just how great you are. But Lord, today we've come to hear something from you. And Lord, I pray today that you would decrease me in such a way that you could increase. That Lord, you would speak to our minds with knowledge. You would speak to our hearts with substance. And that Lord, we would leave out of here different than we came in. Lord, may you just be with the reading of your word. And if there's somebody lost in need of you, that today would be a day of salvation. And it's in your powerful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, whether it's books we read, maybe some horror flicks that we watch from Hollywood, maybe it's some things that we hear on the radio or sometimes even in our drivings at night, man have always been fascinated with the midnight hour. There's something that draws our attention to the midnight hours. You know, midnight is not one word, but it's actually a a combination of two words, mid and night. And if we were to analyze each piece of this word midnight, we, we find that the first part of the word midnight is mid. And the word mid is a short way of saying middle. This simply means middle. According to the dictionary, it is that which lies in the center of all things. 
not too far to the left, and it's not too far to the right, but it's just simply somewhere in the center. And the dictionary defines the word night as a, a period of darkness. And the period when darkness covers the land, a time when it is hard for us to see things around us. And so sometimes when we're in the middle of something and it's dark, it, it, it's hard for us to see. And if you put the mid and the night together with mid meaning the middle and night meaning a period of darkness, it means in the center of darkness. Midnight is a peculiar time. It used to be, I, I don't know about all of us here, but it, but it used to be when I was growing up, nothing really good happened after midnight. Most of us had parents, and, and we had grandparents and great-grandparents that would tell us that, that hey, whatever's going on after midnight, I mean, I mean, even if you were out past midnight, you, you were susceptible for, to be doing something that shouldn't be done. Can I get amen? amen. Now, I know some of y'all some cats, and y'all stay up all night, party all night, Y'all at the honky-tonks or wherever you at. But I'm going to tell you, there was a time and there was a place and there was a period in life that, 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 that anything past midnight, you just had to be in before midnight. Now, I promise you this. You will never hear a brother Dave being out past midnight unless I'm traveling from somewhere. Because at 10 o'clock, my eyelids get so heavy that I got to go to sleep. And so I'm asleep at 10 o'clock. So whatever's happening out there, every once in a while, me and Julie get out and we always say, this is what happens out here at nighttime. Because I, I don't even really know. Matter of fact, I don't even really know what happens much past 7, 8 o'clock. Because I'm already at home. I got the footy pajamas on. I mean, I'm ready for bed. So I don't know what happens. But, 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 but I do know from a world standpoint that a lot of things happen after midnight. Some folks nowadays, it's not that they're just out after midnight. Some folks are just getting started nowadays, they tell me at midnight. I mean, they just getting ready about 11 o'clock, ready to, to go out and hit the town. But I'm telling you what, that ain't me because, I mean, that, that, that's just too much going on. But, but midnight is a very peculiar time, regardless whether you're going in or whether you're coming out. Because midnight is where the p.m. meets the a.m. And midnight is the dividing wall between the p.m. and the a.m. There used to be a time uh, in life that, 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 that we looked upon that time as, as, as certainly a, a big time. It, it, was a, it was a kind of a sacred time. It, it was definitely a peculiar time. Well, just like there are midnights in worldly living and there are midnights in time, there are also midnights in the life of Christians. And that's really what I want to speak about for a few moments. There are midnights in the life of Christians. The darkest hours in our life sometimes are, are midnights. In other words, we haven't made it through the situation yet, but we find ourselves at the center. We're in the midpoint. We don't know how it's going to, to come out. And midnights come in many shapes in many sizes, many forms, and many fashions. If you were to go to the doctor today and they were to give you a prognosis and you're not going to live very long, that would certainly be a, a midnight. If a spouse walks out on you, that is a midnight. If you're not able to, to make the bills meet at the end of the month, that is a midnight. If you're going through the loss of a, of a loved one, that is a midnight. If, if, if you're facing something that you never thought you would be facing, you are facing a midnight. 
And what I want you to understand today that, that as a Christian, when we face these midnights, this, this center of darkness where, where we're not sure how it's going to turn out, it's there that we've got to have enough of God. We've got to go back into the Rolodex of life. We've got to look back in our memory camps and we've got to go back to the 1950s or 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s or early 2000s and we've got to say, God, if you did it then, you're going to do it now. God, I ain't going to be awake all night. I just know somehow, some way, whether it's from the east, the west, the north, the south, I just simply know that God is with me and he's going to show up and it don't matter what everybody else says. It don't matter what a doctor says. I know the doctor above all doctors. He's a great physician. He works the night shift and he's going to get me through. You have to have that kind of confidence. You see, we live in a world today where we want to uh, shopathon. We want to go on the phone and, 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 and get our message from a preacher or get our message from a friend or get our message from a neighbor. But see, when you understand something about the midnights, when you understand something about the darkness, you don't even have to have a light. You already know the song in your soul. And you already know because you have trusted God before and God ain't going to let you down. And you don't know how he's going to make a way. You just know he's going to make a way. I mean, I mean, he makes a way where there appears to be no way. The impossibilities, all of a sudden, they, they become possibilities. Because when you get acquainted with midnights as a Christian... And you understand the Lord is your provider and you understand Jesus is with you. It's then that you no longer even have to have any light. You don't even have to be able to see. You just simply have confidence that God makes ways where there appear to be no ways. Two quick points and we'll get up out of here. Preacher can't preach long on two points. Amen. Listen, when we reflect upon the story from the Apostle Paul, the one thing that we know, him and Silas, is that prayer is not controlled by the cell. We see in this story prison prayers. You see, one thing about midnight, if you've never prayed before, midnights will bring you to your knees. Can I get a witness? All of a sudden, I mean, I mean if you're just going day-to-day -day life, you may not think much about midnight, and you may not think much about prayer. And you may not think much about God. But if you ever get to a midnight season and you find yourself in the middle of darkness and you see when a child of God is at that place, all of a sudden that child of God gets forced to hit their knees. And that's really where we're at our best. A songwriter said it's hard to stumble when you're on your knees. You see, midnight's will make you realize how little you are and how big God is. Midnights make you realize that, that you are not the subject of the world, that God is the subject of the world. And all of a sudden, when you hit your knees and all of a sudden you realize you can do absolutely positive, you know, there are actually very few things that you and I have control over today. I know we think we got control over a lot of things, but really we don't have control over nothing. God's got control over everything. That's why the birds, don't, you don't see them uh, uh, standing outside of a market somewhere begging for food. You know what? God feeds the birds. You know what I'm saying? You ain't never seen a bird with a sign flying around, feed me, feed me, feed me. You know what? Because their heavenly father loves them so much that he feeds them. And that's what we have to understand that's true of you and I, that God loves us and God cares for us so much that we just simply have to put our trust in God because if God loves a little bird flying around, God loves you. He knows where you're at in your midnight seasons. 
He knows where you're at in your darkness. And here's the cool thing. You may not be able to see God, but God can always see you. Amen? I mean, that, that, that's, that's awesome to me. That we may not be able to see God, but God always sees us. We're never in a situation that surprises God. We're never in an emergency place that God's panicking and worried about what he's going to do. God's just sitting up there saying, hey, why don't you just simply trust me? You've heard me tell the story many times before, but there was this great big fire, and this little girl was at the top of the stairs, and, and she was calling down for her daddy. She said, Daddy, help me, help me, help me. And her daddy could clearly see her, and, 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 and he just told the girl, he said, Girl, you got to jump. He said, Honey, I love you. Just jump. She said, Daddy, I can't see you. I can't see you. There's no way I can jump. He said, You got to jump, baby. You got to jump. And she said, Daddy, I, Daddy, I can't see you. She said, Hey, look, you can't see me, but I can see you. All you need to do is jump. And see, that's the way God is. See, sometimes you got to trust God. Even when you can't see God, you still got to be able to trust him to be able to have faith in him enough that you ain't got to go around sweating and panicking and going all crazy, but you just simply got to trust God. And Paul and Silas here are in this jail. They're in this situations. Lawyers can't get them out of the situation. Politicians can't get them out of the situation because midnights make us force our situations on our knees. Midnights make us know that we need God. You know what? I would say today, if you were to look back at all of our lives, you would see the darkest moments in your life and you would see God carried you through. And today you're running on that testimony that when you had nothing left but God, you were in the best places of your life. Because when you got nothing left but God, you actually got everything. Because everything without God is nothing. But nothing with God is everything. Because all you need is God. So we see here in this situation, prayer is not controlled by the cell. We see the prison prayer. But then in verse 24 and 25, one of those verses is our kind of Simonic spotlight, praise is never dependent upon circumstances. Now get this, praise is never dependent upon circumstances. It says in the 25th verse that they are in this jail cell, they're in prison, and they pray, and then they praise. Now the one thing I want you to understand today, anybody can come into church and praise when things are good. But it's the person that is going through it. It's the person that's got some difficulties. It's the person that's limping in here today. People in front of you, behind you, beside you, they may not know what's going on in your life, but, it's, but, 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 but you know what's going on in your life. And when you're able to come in and you're able to praise through your situations, I've said a lot of times, sometimes you have to learn to praise on credit. And I'm tell you what, there's been a lot of times I've praised on credit. But let me tell you what, when you learn how to praise on credit, sometimes you may not even hardly be able to get in through the doors. Sometimes you may not feel like the song that Jeff is leading in. But when you learn how to praise God in the darkness, I'm going to tell you what, as soon as you get to about that second or that third voice uh, verse and you start praising God, all of a sudden the movement of God, the spirit of God, all of a sudden you just kind of begin to get energized and God begins to move you. And you can't help but feel better because 
because when the subject is God and it's not you and it's not your circumstances, all of a sudden the Bible says that there's joy in the presence of God. And when that joy is in the presence of God and you're praising God, all of a sudden God just begins to move in your life and all of a sudden you become encouraged. All of a sudden you begin to have things and you begin to think things and you begin to feel things that you never felt before. That's what it's truly like to to walk with the Lord. And in this story, it's so awesome that in the midst of their darkness, in the midst of their darkness, they're forced to their knees to pray. The prison does not block the prayers. And then the prison does not block the praises. You know, if I had time this morning, I would tell you there's been a lot of times as a pastor that I've limped, that I've hurt, that I've grieved, that my soul wasn't always right. But I'm going to tell you this, that when I worshiped God and when I praised God, God made up for all of that. And God took my weakness and he became my strength. And God gave me grace that was not just sufficient, that was more than sufficient for the cause. Because when you truly learn how to praise God in darkness, there's no circumstances, there's nothing going on in your life that can prevent you from understanding where God is in the midst of your midnights. So in the midst of our midnights, it's never controlled by the cells. It's not controlled by the circumstances. And I just want to go home on this this morning. I, I want to leave you with this because this is probably the best news of the morning. This is the move. Uh, the word this morning that really sets the mood, that sets the tone, that, 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 that really ought to encourage you the most of our midnights. Never confuse temporary problems for permanent places. Now, I could stay here a long time, and I want to make sure you get this. But you know something else I've learned? The midnights sometimes help us, and they make us understand that material things and money and all the things this world has to offer really don't mean anything at all. The only thing that means anything is simply God. The house that some folks get wrapped up in, it don't mean anything. The money that we always worry about, it don't mean anything. You see, today, everything in our lives is temporary. And a lot of times we confuse the temporary problems and we give those temporary problems permanent places in our life. Let me just tell you, friends, I don't know about you this morning, but I'm moving through. Every day I'm one day closer to the Lord. Every day I'm one day closer to my ultimate home. And I mean, it doesn't matter today, sickness, disease, material things, money. I mean, I don't care if the stock market just crashes and bread goes to $90,000 a loaf. It doesn't matter. Because let me tell you what, I got a God that's on the throne. He never, ever loses. I mean, he's constantly there. Jesus says at his side. And friend, there's nothing that can happen to me in this world that he's not in total control over. Don't confuse the temporary for the permanent. And what I'm talking about is permanent. One day we're going to breathe our last breath here. And we're going to breathe our first breath up there. So friend, I mean, I mean, even in death, even in death, I've said this a lot of times, but people say so-and-so dying. Hey, we're all dying. Just look in the mirror this afternoon when you get home. Everybody in this room's dying. You're dying of something. You just may not know that you're dying of it. Listen, we're all dying. But here's the cool thing about a Christian. 
A Christian that has bowed their knees and accepted their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and has the Lord uh, within them, it's not insurance. Insurance is important. If you want to take care of your family and you're going to go first, insurance is important. But look, I don't have an insurance policy. I've got an assurance policy. And my assurance policy says to me, just like David said, I am but one step away from death. Assurance policy just simply means that, hey, no matter what takes place in this life, it's temporary. Divorce, it's temporary. Bankruptcy is temporary. Job loss is temporary. Sickness is temporary. Houses, temporary. Cars, temporary. Funerals, temporary. Everything's temporary because we're ultimately heading for the permanent. And the permanent will simply mean the eternal. I want you to look at what happens real quick, and I'll cut across the field and just take this thing home. But listen, the record is Paul and Silas. They get thrown into prison, and all morning long, they're in jail. The noonday comes, they're in jail. Five o'clock comes, they're in jail. Six o'clock comes, they're in jail. Seven o'clock comes, they're in jail. God ain't showing up. Nine o'clock comes, they're in jail. 10.30 comes, they're in jail. 11 o'clock comes. 11 11.45, 11.50, 11.55, 11.59, they're all in jail. But the Bible said at midnight, the Bible clearly states in that 25th verse, it says, at midnight, Paul and Silas decided that they were going to pray. And they decided that they were going to praise. And then it says that the other prisoners heard them. And I want you to think what the implications of that was. They were in, in a hopeless situation. They were in a prison cell. It says the other prisoners were sleeping. Paul and Silas, for whatever reason, they couldn't sleep. And so they stayed up and they hit their knees because they were in a place that forced them to pray. And then they were in a place that caused them to praise. And they were in a place that obviously caused them to realize that, hey, when you got the Lord, this is only temporary. And I don't need to make something temporary permanent. Because what happens is the power fell from heaven and it came down into that jail cell and it released the shackles that were placed upon them. And the Lord carried them through that midnight period. And we know that salvation comes about through the jailer and all kinds of exciting things take place. But listen, you need to know this as we get ready to leave here today, that Jesus has already in advance conquered all of our midnights. And what we have to learn to do when we're forced in life to hit the knees and pray, and we're forced to praise, those aren't all bad things because our Savior has conquered the midnights. Our Savior has the ability to release us from addictions. He has the ability to uh, relieve our sorrows. He can strengthen our weak places, embrace our loneliness, touch our sicknesses. You see, Christ has a way in darkness. If you will just learn of him, you got to learn of him. Because remember that Spurgeon said it was only the skillful singer. 
I would substitute only the mature Christian, only the Christian that really knows his Lord and Savior, because we have a lot of sightwalking Christians. You, you, you're not going to be able to sing in darkness if you're a sightwalker, because you're going to be panicking about everything that's said and everybody else, what they're saying. But when you are not a sightwalking Christian, you're a faith Christian, and all of a sudden you call things that are not as though they are. You learn how to just simply praise God on credit. You learn how to call down strongholds and mountains, and you become a mountain mover a faith walker and you just simply say hey I don't know where God's coming from but I know he's coming from somewhere I don't know where my comfort is but I know my comfort's in God and everybody around you will start tripping out but you will just simply be at peace with God friend midnight midnight is a is a difficult time because at midnight it's the midpoint of your crisis and sometimes when you're at the midpoint of your crisis, you, you don't always know how it will turn out. But listen, what you have to do is you have to have faith and reliance upon God in such a way that you just know, you just know that God is with you. You know, if we walked around every day and we just simply understood that, that our God is with us, that he cares for us. And that in our darkest moments of life, if we would just more quickly, not out of force, not out of necessity, but we would just simply begin to pray. And then we begin to worship and we begin to praise God for what he is. But don't forget this, friends. Don't forget this. Don't ever forget this in life. Don't ever confuse the temporary for the permanent. Everybody here that's a Christian that knows the Lord is their Savior we are simply passing through. And our God's got it under control, and it ain't going to help you a lick or a bit to worry about stuff. You just got to put it in God's hands. That old saying that says, hey, I can't always trace God's hand, but you can always trust God's heart. That's what you need to do. You need to understand in the night. I'm going to tell you what, I draw more strength from God in the night than I ever have during the day. Because the night, I can't figure out sometimes. I can't always see some things. But here's what it is. When I can't see, God can always see. And God cares for you. He loves you. And he is watching over you.